Hi guys, welcome to the Second Wife Life podcast. This is Melissa. And I'm Shay. And we are college best friends who are living 3,000 miles away, but we share a very similar story. So join us in our journey as first-time wives, automatic mamas, and navigating through this beautiful life. Hi guys, welcome back um, for another episode. Today, Shay and I are going to talk about how we incorporated the boys into our weddings. Um, everyone looks at a wedding as a special day between you and your partner, but in our cases, it was a special day between us and our partners, as well as our future sons. Yeah, it's, um, it's this is going to be a fun topic. <laughs> it's, I don't even know where to begin, to be honest with you. <laughs> Um, I guess I'll just start with, uh, my story. My story is a little different than Melissa's. Um, Melissa, unfortunately had to deal with a lot of COVID stuff with her wedding planning, but, um, Dave and I got married in June of 2019. So we're coming up on two years now and he was what five, I think when we got married. Yeah. Yeah. The boys were five, which is so crazy. I know. So crazy to think. Cause they're going on eight now. Um, so Evan was five, he was turning six. So yeah, that, yeah, that's right. And so he didn't really quite understand, like when we told him we were getting married, he didn't quite understand like what that concept was. Cause we were already living together. His mom was living with her boyfriend at the time. So, you know, it just, we were already a family in his mind. And as we were planning weddings and stuff like that, he was getting more and more excited and understanding like what a marriage is and what it means. And we had him as our ring security along with um, our nephew as well. So the two boys who are basically like brothers, it's uh, Dave's brother's son. They're three years apart and they're inseparable when we're together. But um, we had the two boys as our ring security and we had them all dressed up. They had little sunglasses, a little briefcase that said ring security, a little badge that had their names that also said ring security. Like They looked super cute. Um, and then I had them walk down the, the aisle to mission impossible theme song to kind of go with the, you know, FBI security spy kind of theme going on there. It was pretty cute, but, um, I knew going into this wedding, like I want to do something special with E and I chose to write my own vows for him. And so Dave and I wrote our own vows for each other and, Dave went first and then I went second and we had these little books that we wrote our vows in. And then when I got done saying my vows, I asked E who was standing behind Dave, um, with the groomsmen to come up and he came up and I read my vows to him. And I know he was five and he probably didn't quite understand it, but I know as he gets older, he'll appreciate it more. And I, I want to print these vows out and frame it for him. I just haven't done it yet. We just redid his room and got him new bedroom furniture. So I'll probably do that now as we start decorating it. But there was one funny moment though, during the vows. So <laughs> when Dave and I started dating, we kind of bonded over sports teams. We're both 49ers fans or both Kings fans, but there's one team or one sport that we don't agree on. That's baseball. He's a Dodgers fan and I'm a San Francisco Giants fan. Fun. I know it's a great household to be in when you're on, you know, enemy baseball teams, but uh, what's funny about it is Dave's whole family is basically Giants fans too. He grew up in the Bay area and he's the one family member that's a uh, Dodgers fan. So we, when I came into the family, me and E would always joke with Dave, like boo Dodgers, yay Giants. And I kind of like 
suaded E on my side of the Giants, which has been fun and awesome because we like to pick on Dave together. So in my vows at the end of it, I said, <laughs> I was like, um, and don't forget the number one like family rule. And he kind of looked at me like question. I was like, what's our, what's our rule? And I thought he would get it. Cause we always joke and say it together in, in the house, especially during baseball season. And he looks at me and goes, I can't be on my iPad all day. <laughs> so clearly we were dealing with an iPad issue at the time. So it was kind of funny. And I, I laughed and I was like, no, E like go. And I kind of whispered it to get him to say it. And he's like, oh yeah. And so he like yelled it and said it with me, um, which was pretty funny, but I just knew I needed E to feel incorporated with this wedding and coming into the family and knowing that I'll always be there to support him. And I'll always be a mom to him, even though I didn't birth him, but I'll be his biggest supporter and friend and family member and everything I can be to him. And so that was important to me to, to write those, those vows to E, um, just to make him feel welcomed and loved, even though he was five and a lot of it probably went over his head, but <laughs> I know he'll appreciate it when he gets older. Well, I think, you know, we assume that things go over their head at such a young age, but just like observing O and like having him ask us questions back when we think it's gone over his head we're like oh wait you you really understood what we were saying like you know it's easy to think that and it's like does he really understand like the grasp and the like the uh, gravity of you know what's going on but they totally do they might just might not be able to like articulate it um and I remember like, during your wedding, when you were reading your vows to E, like I was crying so hard, but like trying to like keep it in. So there'd be like a tear, like just about to come down and like tilt your head back a little bit. <laughs> I was trying not to cry too. I think a few times I did get a little choked up, especially reading. I think I got more choked up reading my vows to E than I did with Dave. Like, <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but um, I know I made Dave cry too. So <laughs> Which you never yes, I remember that. Like I can like still see it because from like standing there, like we were all behind you. So we were able to see Dave and E, you know, and E was just like standing there and like he started to tear up too. Yeah, he did. I'm like almost positive he did. And then I just remember Dave standing there and like, you know, he had his hands like crossed in front of him, not his arms, but, like his hands were, you know, crossed, crossed over. And he just like picked his like hands up and just like gave like a good old like wipe to his eye. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's like those moments like that, that you'll always cherish and look back on. And I know Melissa, you did something similar with, oh, but for anybody that's going into a marriage, like you're engaged now and you're trying to figure out how to incorporate the children or child, I highly recommend doing, you know, some kind of vows, obviously have them be a part of the wedding just to make them feel more included in the marital side of it too. So it's not just you and your partner, but it's the child too. Like you are becoming a family, the three of you, it's not just you and your partner. I mean, yes, it's a special day for you and your partner. Don't get me wrong. Do all whatever you need to do to make that special for you too as well. But definitely incorporate the child in some way. You won't regret it. Your partner won't regret it. And the child certainly won't ever regret that. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
it's hard, like emotional or weddings are emotional, like to begin with. And then when you're adding in a child or children to it, that just like ups the emotional side of it. Um, so for us, when we got engaged, it was so cute. Um, Colby had proposed and done everything. Like Oliver comes over and he's like, congratulations on your engagement. Like, because he was hearing other people say, <laughs> so it was just really cute. And, you know, and then Colby was like, dude, like, do you understand what this means? And he's like, yeah, that means like, you know, you and Melissa are getting married and we're going to be like an official, official family. So like Oliver knows you know, even before we were married, similar to you, like we lived together, we are a family, but this wedding was like solidifying it. And we didn't really have to like talk to him about it. Like he knew what it implied and he knew like what it meant. And I was just like so excited. You know, he would tell people in the grocery store, strangers in line, like, oh, my mom and dad are finally getting married. You know, whenever like a clerk would ask him like, oh, hey, like, how are you? Oh, I'm good. My mom and dad are finally getting married. Like just casually telling everyone. I had teachers at his school emailing Colby and I congratulating us. <laughs> like, you know, all these people. Um, like we didn't really even know, but oh, he just like spread the word so much. And it was just so cute. And um, it like made me feel really good seeing him be so excited that we were getting married. Um, for me, a, a barrier has always been like, you know, I wonder if, oh, you know, just wishes like that his dad and like biological mom would get back together. Like, I think that's a normal feeling for a lot of kids. Absolutely. And, and like, we've never like gone through that with him. So part of me always wondered, you know, like when we do get engaged, what is his reaction going to be? Is he going to be supportive? Because it's one thing to live together and say you're a family, but then when you are joining together, like legally and becoming that like official, official family as Oliver phrases it that official official family as O phrases it, you know, like that could have a different connotation and that could bring out like different emotions. Um, so to anyone listening who is like having those types of feelings, like it's completely normal for you to like wonder that yourself. Um, but I definitely would not speak about it. Like I wouldn't talk to the, the child or the children about it because you don't want to like plant those ideas you know, like some kids might come to you or even early on in the relationship might go to your partner, like whoever the biological parent is in the relationship, like might go to them and say like, oh, what happened with you and my dad or you and my mom? Like, are you guys ever going to get back together? I wish you would get married. Like we never experienced anything like that. Um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. And it doesn't mean that it's not like a thought in your head that, oh, is this going to happen or you know, how is he or she going to react? Totally. And I think, sorry to like interrupt really, really fast, but I think coming from your standpoint, like that is the most valid thing, like for you, because like, for me, I never had to deal with that because of, even though we were 50, 50, it, his mom was with someone already and had been since Dave and her separated. So he only ever knew him and her and me and Dave versus, and so I never really had to worry about that. But for you, when you have him full custody and he only saw her part-time, 
those what ifs I feel like are more there than maybe what it would be for E knowing the separation a little bit. I hope that makes sense in what I'm trying to explain. Yeah, for sure. I mean, with E, you know, like he knows his biological mom with her boy, well, now husband, you know, and he's only known like you and Dave together where, oh, he doesn't remember his you know, biological parents ever together. He obviously knows that they were together at one point, just like he does, but he only saw like Colby and I together. And then for a while it was her just by herself, you know, so she didn't have that other person kind of like how E has his mom and and her partner now. Um, So that's what always like concerned me. Like, is he going to see that his bio mom is like, you know, not in a relationship and like holding out that hope, like, oh, maybe they'll get back together. Yes. The but, what ifs. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I think that's fair for any child. Um, but we never went through that. Um, he never like, I mean, maybe he thought it, but like never vocalized it to either of us. Um, you know, and then that, that made me feel really good too. Cause that's always something that I think we need to recognize as the adults in these situations that we're more aware of like the, what ifs, like we hear so many different stories and experiences of other people. And, you know, some of it's great. And you're like, Oh, I hope that's my experience. But then you also on the flip side, hear other stories where you're like, Oh my gosh, I hope that's not my experience. So for me, I was really hoping like, man, I really hope he doesn't have these thoughts that now we're getting married and this, you know, crushes any potential hope he had in his head. Um, But yeah, I was, I talked to Colby about it and let him know like, Hey, like, this is something that like, I'm worried about. And he was like, no, Oh, has never mentioned anything like that. You know, he only knows us is together and, and Colby has had, you know, some conversation with O about why they're not together, you know, obviously to, uh, I mean, at the time he was like, four and five when he was asking more of those questions you know you obviously don't tell them what happened you keep it like more neutral just don't like we're better off as friends um and I was like really receptive to that so I think that's why he also never had these you know thoughts or you know hopes of like what if this happens right we've always just been a family from the get-go no totally and I think that like And I've said this before, and you've said this before on other episodes is, and I think this is where you and I, I think got lucky because the boys were so little when their parents split up and they were also still very little when we came into the picture. So all they ever will remember is us and bio mom because of how the memory forms at such, you know, not so tripping on my words here, but the memory doesn't form, I think till you're like five or six. So, you know, the boys were like two and younger when they first separated and they were like three when we came in the picture. So they'll always remember us there, no matter what, from day one. And I think that's where we are got lucky. And it was kind of like a blessing in disguise for us versus some people who come into these children's lives later on in life. And it could be a little bit more difficult for them. Right. And the kids have like the cognitive capacity to, you know, want their parents to get back together and like be vocal about it. But, you know, the boys never knew that life of them being together. So they didn't really have anything to, I guess, like miss. 
if that compare. makes sense. Um, or compare, yeah. So it was really important um, for for us to incorporate O into our wedding. Um, like I said, he was so excited and like he wanted to be part of planning. He went and looked at venues with us. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was so excited and like, you know, asking about like what food, you know, what songs are we, like he was just so into it. Um, oh, and then all about the music. He, he yeah. got to pick out songs too, it was cute. Yeah. And I mean, like you mentioned, um, we were supposed to get married uh, last August and last March, the world shut down because of COVID. Um, so in March, we just kind of halted all of our planning and it was, okay, well, like next month, it'll be gone and we'll be fine. You know, and then April rolls around and we're like, um, I mean, August is still kind of far away. Like, we're not going to make any more plans, but we're not going to make any calls yet. In the meantime, like constant, like friends and family, are like what's going on? What are you guys going to do? And we're like, we don't know yet. It's too early to tell. Um, and then finally in May, we made the call to postpone our wedding, um, our big party. So it was really hard, um, you know, on Colby and I, but I think it was almost harder on O because this wedding wasn't just a party to him. I think a lot of kids think weddings are like, oh, parties, like friends, family, like we're just going to have fun, you know, for, we were making like a four day festivity out of it. Yeah. Um, so he was really excited for that, but he was more excited at like the sim, the, like the symbolism. This that's not the right word that I'm looking for. Well, um, the symbolicness of it, yeah, yeah. This, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> and you know, he knows that the wedding and us getting married makes us that official, official family. And it was really hard for him. And he was like, but it's okay. Like, we're still a family. And um, with that, Colby and I still decided to get married in August. Um, but Hawaii was, you know, shut down. You couldn't travel here unless you did a 14-day quarantine. So um, my parents actually came out for it, which was awesome. Um and Colby and I, you know, all summer, we're like, okay, well, if we have this opportunity to do something small, like, let's go to another island, we can go elope, we can do an adventure, like, we love going to Kauai, love the Nepali coast, I found, like, an awesome, um, like, private charter to take us along the Nepali coast to go into one of the caves, and our photographers were amazing, like, they rode the wave with us, so the potential plans for everything, and then we were slapped with the reality that um, co with Colby being in the military, he couldn't leave Oahu. Like, you know, even though Kauai is still in the same state, they were not allowed to physically leave this one island. So then it was back to the drawing board. Um, we were trying to come up with ideas of things to do on Oahu that would have like the same like impact and like wow factor. Because if we were gonna elope, like we were gonna do something really cool. Like that was our whole mindset with it. And living on Oahu for, you know, five years, nothing has that wow factor anymore, which I recognize like, uh, like the privilege that comes in saying that, <laughs> um, like Oahu's just like whatever now. Um, 
But I mean, that goes for anywhere, wherever you live, you know, someone who's new to it, it was always going to think it's way cooler than you think it is. Um, and, you know, we were just like really bummed with trying to plan something on Oahu because there was like no real wow factor anymore. Um, and then we got like really exciting news that military was allowed to travel. They have to stay within Hawaii. And we we're like, okay, this is awesome. We're going to do it. And literally like 10 days later, Hawaii creates a new travel ban where you can't even travel in our island anymore. So <laughs> we were just riding this like huge like wave of like planning, not planning, excitement, disappointment, and all of the things in between. Um, so with that, we went and looked at a few more places on Oahu that we thought would be cool to do like a really like small ceremony with like our friends that live here. So we're talking like 12 people. Um, and then plus having my parents come in and then we had everything all planned out and it was going to be like an amazing day until the mayor decided to shut everything down, like go back into like the lockdown that was reinstated back in, uh, or sorry, not reinstated, um, go back to the lockdown that originally happened in March. So, you know, work from home, you only go out for emergencies, only essential businesses are allowed to open. And he did this on a Monday and we were supposed to get married that Friday. And he said that as of um, Wednesday at 11.59, everything would be shut down. So I had like two days to move my Friday ceremony up to Wednesday. And I had to tell like all of our friends like, hey, we're not allowed like at that property anymore where we were going to do this. Um, just you know, it's canceled. <laughs> so we were really lucky. And for Wednesday, like the property was like, yeah, you guys can still come up, say your vows, take some pictures. Um, so we were able to get that in. And like our florist was like super accommodating. I let her know and she's like, yep, we can do it. Your flowers weren't supposed to arrive until Thursday though, for Friday. So I'm just going to whip up like with what I have. He was like, I don't care at this point. Like just make something pretty. I don't care what colors they are. Yeah. I mean, at that point it's like beggars can't be choosers. You know, you're just trying to get this thing done. Exactly. And a lot of people were like, why don't you guys just like cancel it? Like cancel it for this year. But like, it wasn't about having a big party for us. I mean, it is like, of course you want a big wedding. Like what girl doesn't want that? And I know Colby, cause he didn't have a first or a wedding the first time around. And even if he did like this one would be so much better. Um, but, <laughs> uh. but still like, you know, we both wanted it so much and we were like, yes having like a big party and reception and all that is so great but like really like we wanted to get married this year like that's what we set out to do so that's what we're gonna do and we had like our intimate little ceremony um with oh our photographers like I said they like rode the wave with us and they were so amazing um my parents were there my brother and his girlfriend and you know, we, we did our thing and it was so sweet. Um, and 
you know, the episode that just came out, we were talking about O's grandma on his uh, like biological mom side of the family. And she sent um, a gift for O to give me. And so o and I did like a first look together um and he gifted me these like really really beautiful tiffany earrings from you know his grandma and grandpa on that side just like welcoming me like formally into the family so and i had that moment and i mean we'll have to post some of these pictures like i was ugly crying so hard <laughs> no totally we, we should we'll have to share our pictures on instagram for sure but you reminded me i did the first look with e2 and uh, I remember he came up to me and our, our nephew, I had hit me and my nephew and they both came running up to me, hugged me and he goes, Shay, you look like a princess. And I just was like, <laughs> it's so good. Like I, there's something about them, you know, when they're like little suits that they're wearing and like, they're so happy. You're so happy. And it's just like such like a, it's a big deal. It's a big day. And, um, yeah, I mean, those pictures, like, I am just ugly crying so hard. We got some good ones. We definitely did. But like the ugly pictures, like, <laughs> it just like really captures like the um, like the gravity of the day and like the real like sentiment with it. Um, so yeah, we did our first look. And then in like our little ceremony that we did, um, I had created promises. And I had them um, like printed and framed. And like, they came out like so beautifully. They're like on canvas. And you know, they're actually hanging in his room, like right when you walk in. So it's like something that he always sees, you know, he's always passing it. It's there for him to read whenever he wants. Um, and those promises were, were like my vows and like my gift to him. Um, and it's so cute. Cause like to this day, he'll like pull them off his wall and he's like, can you read them to me again? And then I start crying. Like I still can't read them without crying. I need to do that. Yeah. I need to do that with mine. I need to print them out and hang them up for E. So he'll always have them. During oh, my yeah. Oh, loves it. Like just being able to see it and read it. And, you know, I want them to be there for if like he's having a bad day or a good day or just whenever he wants to look at them and read them. Um, so that was what we did with our, our uh, COVID wedding. It's <laughs> so crazy. I know it's so crazy what you guys went through with, with the wedding. And then you guys postponed the like celebration to this year and Unfortunately, I had to cancel that again, but not so much of COVID, but for other military reasons. But I think the true testament to like your story with your wedding, and I think a lot of people who may be listening that dealt with a lot of the same issues as Melissa is you guys still ended up doing the wedding because it was about the marriage, not so much the party. Yeah, the party's nice because you want to celebrate with your friends and your family and you want to, you know, have that moment of, of just community in a way just to help support you on this big decision that you're making. But the true Testament was about you Colby and O at the end of the day, and you guys still made it happen and still have these awesome memories that you can look back on. Definitely. And, and that's why we went ahead and did it. Like as much as we would have loved for all of our family and all of our friends to be there. Like I, 
this is going to sound selfish and I don't mean for it to sound as selfish as it's going to come off. Like a wedding is about like the people who are getting married. And yes, it's about like the family is coming together to celebrate and all of these things. But I mean, weddings day aren't what they were like hundreds of years ago. Like this isn't some, (laughs) you know, like deep rooted, like family, uh, like trade or anything like that at this point. It's really because like, these two people like fell in love and want to spend forever together. And that's why we went ahead and did it. And, you know, like we have our video for our family, uh, like who wants to watch it and, you know, still feel included in that day. And that's really too, like why we want to still have our big wedding. I mean, we're not going to turn down a party. Um, but then also just to have that, uh, uh, like celebration with everyone who, who wanted to be there, who want to support you guys. Yeah. I mean, I know I was bummed to not go out there and be with you guys, especially like when you said you were still going to go through with it. I literally looked at Dave. I was like, is there any way I can go and be there to support her and be with her? And he's like, I don't think you can like, like, you know, Hawaii's like on a strict lockdown. Like, I don't think it's possible. And I just felt like awful just, just cause like when you have, you know, your friend like that, you want to support them. And that's like, that's what it's all about is these weddings is these families and friends that come is you want to support them. You want to be there for them because you love them and you, you love who they're marrying. And it's a great, like I said, a sense of community. Definitely. And I mean, we will do that eventually once this COVID stuff calms down, once some of the military stuff calms down. So, you know, maybe 2022 will be our year. Hopefully it will be. Hopefully it'll be everybody's year after these past two years we've all had. <laughs> I know, right? Like it's it's like I'm putting it out there in the universe. Like it's going to be a good year. Like I graduate from my master's program next May. You know, we will get married and we'll we'll get like not remarried, but we'll do our little recommitted. renewal. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll recommit to each other <laughs> and have our big party. And I mean, I was watching, I think it was a show, it was like some Netflix show and they were like in Mexico and I was like, oh my gosh, this is where my bachelorette party was supposed to be. (laughs) Like, I remember like two weeks before everything shut down, like we were trying to plan out. We were almost booking it. Right. Yeah. You had pulled everything up and you're like, all right, guys, like these are the best like dates to go. This is how much it'll be at this hotel. This is how much it'll be at this hotel. Like what's everybody's budget with it. And then I know we were basically trying to finalize flight times because you had, you know, someone coming from the East coast. We had a majority of us here in the LA area. So we were trying to coordinate flight times and then all of a sudden the world shut down. Yeah. It's crazy. And you know, next year we'll go to Mexico. We'll, it'll be a big celebration next year. (laughs) We'll we'll do all of the things and celebrate all the things that have been, you know, on halt during this time. But it'll be so needed too, not just for like you and Colby on the sense of like finally getting what you guys plan for, but it'll be needed. It'll be so good for everyone to finally be there for you and Colby too, you know? And we can finally support you. Not that we haven't been supporting you, but it's so hard to support when we're all so far away, but like we can actually physically support you and celebrate you both and just make it a big, big fun time. Come together and have a good time. I mean, that's it. I mean, 
Colby and I are so excited, you know, with this August, you know, you and Dave had already made plans to like come out here. And then um, some of our other friends had made plans and they're like, look, like we still want to come out. And I'm like, yes, please like come out, come hang out. And it won't be like the wedding celebration that we were hoping for, but it'll still be that time where we can like all be together again because I, oh no. I saw you last year, like literally two weeks before this town. Yeah. You know, and it's just been so long because usually I come home like two or you know, like two or three times a year and just for everybody to like reconnect, like E and O to go hang out and I know everything. the first time E and O met in person was my wedding. Yeah. They hit it off like so well. They were like in my backyard playing. They were on the dance floor together. O was like killing it on the dance floor. Everybody loving O. E was dancing away with O and some of the other kids. But I know ever since then, E's always like, when are we going to see O again? Like, when can we go to Hawaii? And then once he found out we were going to Hawaii for your wedding, he was like so stoked. And then he was bummed. And now he's stoked again that we're coming out. And so I know he's really excited to hang out with O. Yeah, it'll be so much fun to get the boys together and then for us as adults to get together because the two boys can entertain each other. And- totally. And they're at that age too where they could like don't really need to be like entertained by us at all. <laughs> right? Like we can go to dinner and like the two, like they know how to use their utensils. <laughs> exactly. We can go to the beach and I mean, obviously we need to supervise them, but we don't have to worry. Like don't go in the water. Like they can go in the water. They know how to swim. Um, Totally. It'll be, it'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to it for sure. We were uh, looking up flights again today. So I think we're going to hopefully narrow it down soon. Ooh, Yeah. I'm super excited. Yes. Yeah. That's all. I really have just, you know, finding a way to incorporate um, you know, your, you know, new child or children into your special day. And I also think too, um, we've talked about this pretty much in every episode, like don't force it, don't make it happen. Some kids want to be part of it and some kids don't, and that's okay. You need to give them like the autonomy to make that decision for themselves. Um, but just make sure they always feel loved and that they are a part of it, whether they are like an active participant, like Ian were, where, you know, they stood up there and we read our vows and promises to them, or if they're just standing next to like their biological parent, you know, like there's still ways to incorporate um, if they don't want all the spotlight on them for it. Totally. I think it, it just proves well, it doesn't just, not, not necessarily prove, I don't know if that's the right word I'm looking for, but it just solidifies the family dynamic that you're trying to create with you incorporating them in the wedding. And, and maybe they're older, maybe they're like 12 or 13. So have them be like a junior bridesmaid or like a junior groomsman or, or a best man or whatever it may be, depending on the age and what kind of ceremony you're doing. Maybe it's a small one with just family and Maybe there's a, a son and a daughter. They could be your best man and maid of honor, you know, things like that. Just making them feel included in this new transition into a family dynamic, I think is crucial and important and, and important at the end of the day. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, there's no one right answer for every family. You're going to have to navigate it and figure, figure out what works best for you and your partner and their children. Totally. Um, do we have any mom fails or wins this week? Um, so 
I have, well, it's not a mom win um, because it was all Colby's doing, but it, it's a win nonetheless. <laughs> Go for it. Um, the, I, like I said, I can't call it a mom win. We'll call it a dad win inspired by me though. Um, <laughs> so, Oh, has been growing. Um, he, you know, is going through another big growth spurt really for like the last few months. Like he eats as much as I do, if not more, probably more now that I think about it, definitely more than me. And we're finally at that part of the growth spurt where you can see where all of that food is going. Like he's gone up in height, his feet have grown. And the other day I was like, uh, oh, do you need new shoes? And he's like, yeah, these ones are starting to get a little tight. And I'm like, dude, like, let me know when they start to get tight. I don't want you walking around in tight shoes. And he was like, okay, well, I need new shoes. I'm like, okay, after I pick you up from school, we'll go get new shoes. And, um, Colby was finished with work early that day came with us and he would get really frustrated, like tying his shoes. Um, and so like we would kind of just give in and we would like tie it for him. And now I'm at a point like, no, you are tying your dang shoes. Like you are seven years old. You are almost eight years old. Like this is ridiculous. So of course, when we go shoe shopping, he's like picking out all the shoes without laces, like natives. I, they're super cute and they're great little shoes, but no, you need shoes with laces. Yeah. Those Nikes are super cool, but they have those like laces that you like pull up and then the Velcro to go over. Doesn't count. Vans, the slide-ons don't count. <laughs> You're yep. getting shoes with laces. And so he like picked out a pair of like Nikes that he really liked, but they didn't have a size. So then he found like a pair of Converse, like the low top. And we're like, okay, try them on. He liked them and we got them. And I was like, oh, hey, like, you don't have school tomorrow and you're hanging out with dad in the morning while I go do my volunteer stuff. Uh, so by the time I'm back, like, you need to know how to tie your shoes because I was going to be gone for like five hours. And Colby did it. Colby taught him how to tie his shoes and he ties them now. So I don't have to tie them anymore. And it was just so great, like seeing how empowered he was by it. And I really think this just goes back to like not forcing things on kids, like as much as we would have loved for him to be able to tie his shoes a year ago, a year and a half ago, two years ago, you know, like he wasn't developmentally ready for it. You know, it's really about like those fine motor skills of like tying the shoe, but making sure like the bunny ear isn't too big or too small and like they're able to manage their like frustration a little bit more. Totally. So I honestly wasn't expecting for him to be able to tie his shoes in such a short amount of time because of, you know, that margin of error like if he was getting frustrated obviously we would like quit for the day and try again the next day um so whatever whatever Colby did like it worked it stuck and he's just like so empowered and so excited to like wear shoes with laces now like to the beach he's like I'm gonna wear my new shoes I'm like, no you're not <laughs> yeah no it's so funny you mentioned that because we kind of went through the same thing with E about probably like six or seven months ago it was like especially like at his mom's house, he'd always come over and like lace up shoes or the Velcro shoes or whatever. And we always had like tie shoes because we were like trying to, to transition into that, you know, next step. And so it was the same thing. Like he, he could do it. Like he was know how to, but it wasn't always like perfect every time. 
And so I want to say within the past, like six or seven months, it's like totally transitioned and he's able to actually do it now and not get frustrated and we don't have to fix it for him. And so I totally, totally know what you mean, but I agree. I think it has a lot to do with the fine motor skills that you were kind of talking about too. And just, you know, the timing in life really. Yeah. And like some kids are going to be more ready for things earlier. Some kids are going to be ready for things later. I mean, I just remember when I was in high school and I uh, like failed algebra two trig the first time I had to take it because it was just like beyond my brain. Like I couldn't wrap my head around it. And then the following school year, I took it and it just clicked. And it really comes down to like where you're at developmentally. Like, can you handle it and you know in ninth grade I couldn't handle it but in 10th grade I could and I think it's similar obviously for children you know one month they can't do something the next month they can and yeah it was a really big win because now that's something that he can do and he feels good about himself being able to do that that's good I like that yeah I don't know if I have a mom win but I definitely have like I don't know this is a mom fail or like a parenting fail or more of an e-fail but I'm gonna tell the (laughs) toothbrushing story oh yeah so uh when we had e for the weekend we tell him to go brush his teeth and I noticed that he started shutting the bathroom door and we live in like a three-bedroom house like it's not massive it's like you know typical house whatever but you can like hear everything throughout the house we never used to shut his door when he brushed his teeth and all of a sudden he started shutting his door Well, he has an electric toothbrush and I noticed one night, I think it was like Sunday night. I was like, it's awfully quiet in there. Like I don't hear the brush, but I was like, whatever, I'm going to give him benefit of the doubt. Like maybe he's going to the bathroom while he's brushing his teeth. I don't know. Um, so I didn't say anything. And I noticed it was like kind of quiet for two, two nights in a row, but I didn't really like reflect on it until once I found out what was happening. Like I said, I kind of noticed it, but didn't think much of it. And then one night finally, um, he, or it was before school. We always have him brush his teeth one more time before going to school because he eats lunch before he goes in, into school and we don't want him to have like lunch breath. So we make him always do it one more time after um, eating lunch. And this time I for sure didn't hear it. And so I said something and he's like, yeah, I did. And so Dave goes, well, I'm gonna go check your toothbrush. So he goes and checks it and it's completely dry. So he totally lied about brushing his teeth. So then we made him do it again. He's like throwing a fit. I did it. I did it. You don't trust me. I did it. And we're like, okay, if you did it, then why is your toothbrush completely dry? Like that makes zero sense. So made him do it again. Take him off to school. Dave comes back. And I was like, that's when I kind of was thinking about it. I was like, you know, this past weekend was kind of awfully quiet. Like I didn't hear the toothbrush then either. Dave goes, I didn't really pay much attention to it, to be honest with you, but you're probably right. So then he goes back to his mom's house. And a couple of days later, he comes back and same thing again. It was when it was like a Wednesday night, he's back and we're telling him to brush his teeth before bed. It's quiet again, door shut. Don't hear the electric toothbrush. He comes out of the bathroom and I was like, did you do it? And he goes, yeah. And I'll, Dave goes, I'm going to check again. So he goes to check the toothbrush. Toothbrush was wet, but he still didn't brush his teeth. He just wet the toothbrush to make it look like he brushed his teeth. So Dave goes, I'm going to go smell your breath. And that's when he caved in and confessed to not brushing his teeth and that he just wet the toothbrush. So he's trying to be smarter and outsmartest now. So I <laughs> almost wanted to lose my, my shit. I'm not going to lie, but I let Dave handle it and kind of calm down. And we had to have this whole talk about cavities and 
you know, showed him pictures of what it looks like when you don't brush your teeth to kind of like <laughs> scare him into brushing his teeth. But uh, we even talked to his mom about it too, because like clearly if he's doing it with us, then he's doing it there. And she's like, yeah, I've been having that same issue. Like I have to smell his breath and everything too. So that was, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if that's a mom fail or a parenting fail or an E fail or what, but we're dealing with the tooth toothbrushing issue at the moment. <laughs> I think it's just a, like a having a child moment. <laughs> it is having a child moment for sure. But that's right. my, I don't think I have any wins though. It's just funny when they lie about obvious things. Like, come on, man. Like your toothbrush is not wet. Like, what did you use your finger to brush your teeth? Yeah. No. Like, uh... <laughs> like and it's, it's like, he has an electric toothbrush. Like we can hear it. Like he doesn't have an electric one in his mom's house. So I think he, could get away with it a little bit more there, but it's like, come on, dude. Like those electric toothbrushes are loud. Like even with the door shut, you could hear it. Like, (laughs) come on, let's use common sense here. Yeah. Well, it's like, I told you about it. I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast, but like, O came home from school one day and like, there was a chunk of his hair missing, like on his forehead, you know? And so I asked him like, did you cut your hair at school today? And he immediately was like, no, no, no. Okay, well, did another kid cut your hair today? No, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like trying to like fix his hair so I can't see it. And like, dude, like I did not take you to school with your hair like that. You know, what happened to it? I don't know what you're talking about. Nothing happened to my hair. All right, whatever. So obviously I knew he was lying to me, wasn't ready to talk about it yet. So, you know, we went on with our evening and then Colby came home from work and Colby looked at him and was like, what's wrong with your hair? And and same thing. I was like touching his hair and trying to fix it. Like, what are you talking about? There's nothing wrong with my hair. Colby's like, yeah, dude, there's a chunk of hair missing. And (laughs) he denies the whole thing, like continues to lie about it. And we're like, we told him, oh, like, we know you're lying. Like, just fess up. Tell us what happened. Like, I want to make sure that some other kid wasn't, like, being a bully and cutting your hair. I want to make sure you didn't get, like, gum or something stuck in it. Like, you know, that's concerning if kids are cutting their own hair at school because, like, are they being supervised? Like, what? what's happening for this to happen? And, you know, we, we dropped it and then had dinner and then after dinner before bed we were like okay like this is your last chance like you either tell us what happened or we're gonna start taking things away you know like you love your nintendo switch like that's mine now you know you love your crystals and your action figures like slowly these things are gonna start disappearing until we get the truth out of you And he starts laughing and he's like, yeah, I cut my hair. And we're like, obviously, but like, what happened? (laughs) And he's like, well, I was making a crown and the tape got stuck in my hair. So I cut it out. And I'm like, you didn't think to like, go ask your teacher for help. Like, hi, I got like, can you help me get the tapes out of my hair? You just decided to blindly hold your chunk of hair and take scissors to your forehead. Like, what have you sliced your forehead? Like, come on. (laughs) The things that these kids think and do is just like outrageous. Like what in your right mind think like that's like, it's just funny, but, but to them, it seemed normal, you know, like that seemed like the right thing to do. Like, it's just funny how they 
think that way. But like they're lying about it when it's so obvious. Like, yeah. You have a chunk of hair missing. And what was even better is like the week before we had taken him to get a haircut. So I knew exactly what his hair looked like. You know, <laughs> I know his hair wasn't in his eyes and bothering him. Like, you know, cause it was well out of his eyes. So funny. <laughs> it was so funny. And, you know, it's like almost a month later now at this point. And you can like still see the chunk of hair. Like I sent you the pictures and like- it's I a little him, uneven still. <laughs> I pick him up from school and I'm like, dude, your hair. <laughs> It's so funny though. Oh my gosh. But you know what? These are the stories that we can always like embarrass them later when they get older. Yeah. And like as funny as it is, it's like equally frustrating because you're like, I know you are lying right now. Like just tell me what happened. Like you're going to get in trouble for lying about it. And I think that's just messing up. Totally. And I think that's where I was trying to say earlier is like on like mom fail or parenting fail is like, when I know E is lying, it drives me nuts. Like I, like, I don't have the patience for it. Like, I'm like, I know you're lying to me. Stop lying. Like why keep it going? Like I start losing patience quick when I catch him in a lie versus Dave is a lot more patient than I am. But I, like, I just, I get to that next level quick when I know for sure he's lying. Yeah. It's, like a zero to 60. Cause you like give them the opportunity to say, yeah, I cut my hair. No, I didn't actually brush my teeth, but instead they lie. You automatically go to 60 and you're like, I know you're lying. Like, do you not realize like you're going to get in trouble now because you lied and not because of what you did, but because you're lying about it. Exactly. Exactly. You don't think we were kids once before? Come on. (laughs) You don't think we tried any of this stuff? Oh man. Yay. Parenting. Yay. Life. (laughs) At least to your point, it like, it does make for a good story. Like now you and I can laugh about it, but I know in the moment we were both like so frustrated over it. So done. Yeah, totally. It it definitely does. Like once you're removed from it, it's funny to laugh at it, but when you're in the moment, it's not so laughable. (laughs) Not, not at all. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye.